This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. At the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Tamper Fest. Bills head coach Sean McDermott telling the athletic, quote, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, end quote. That being on the Bills winning a Super Bowl. The Bengals have officially used their franchise tag on wideout T. Higgins. Reed's coming back. What's best for the Bears is to reset the clock, lean on your defense, draft a rookie who could be the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, and take your chances. Broncos country. Let's run. Perfect. Over the next five years, I want to win, too. I want to feel the chill of that trophy again. Cam Newton was at an event for his charity, and he got jumped by a bunch of dudes. Mike Danger. Ah! Franks and Beans. Gene Battaglia. My friends do not call me Eugene. What I'll really remember about Jim Behan's coaching career is the longevity of it and the sustained success over such a long period of time. College basketball needs to ban court storming. A new state-of-the-art video board, a new roof to the arena next season. 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. All right, look, if you want comedy right now, the, the video stream is where it's at. You can follow us at The Fan Rochester on YouTube and on Twitch. As uh, my partner in crime here, Gene Battaglia, just busted off... <laughs> The video streaming camera is trying to adjust it every Monday. This is the thing, right? Because uh, comes in and adjusts everything. Yeah, because the Italian carousel, Rochester uh, treasure, Joe Capagreco comes in here Sunday morning, sits where Gene sits, and the cameras get adjusted for one reason or the other. They don't video stream that show as far as I know. And now, you know, Gino, in an attempt to kind of like fix it, it's busted. It's busted off, and it's a mess. And if you're watching the video stream, you get to see the camera kind of being adjusted, and maybe you took some Dramamine before you watch the video wow, stream. I'm sorry. No, you're way off. Yeah. You're way off. This is crazy. Yeah. This kept getting worse. That worse goes in there, yeah. and then the, the cap goes on top, right? You would think. Is it that simple? No, it's not that simple. No. I don't know how Derek did this, and I don't know how Joe busted. All right, why don't we pause the video stream and we'll get that sorted out here when we have a break. That's Oh, you're going to go Okay, let's see. Low angle. Let's see the low angle. Oh, that'll shot. work. It's a little wonky, but It's uh yeah, it's a view up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you can see it from where you are. Yeah, right, if you right. want to look up to Gene Battaglia, the video stream today is. is I apologize to everybody watching today. You on fan Lionel Rochester like, yeah. on YouTube and Twitch, and maybe we can get it sorted here during the break. We welcome you in to the sports bar. We're off to a great start this week, Gino. That yeah. Joe Capagreco coming in here, and and now look at all of our <laughs> stuff is busted, busted up all of our toys, and going home and and uh, leaving everything a mess. Listen, he has been here much longer than we have. He sure you. has. Yeah. He sure has. Want to show some respect. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you as Tamperfest has begun in mm-hmm. Indianapolis. The NFL Scouting Combine. We'll talk some Buffalo Bills today with Nate Geary from the Buffalo Bills Radio Network and our Odyssey Sports sister station, WGR. Coming up here at 425. At some point today, like Sean McDermott is to talk to reporters. We're just not sure when. So uh, we'll get uh, you know the coaches' comments there. And we're we're going to kind of react to them. And maybe this time's out with Nate Geary coming on. But even if it doesn't, Nate Geary is always great to have on because uh, this, okay, can the Bills get a wide receiver that really could blossom into a future number one uh, on this offense if you're sitting where you are in the first round or would you have to kind of move up or or do you look at it in a different way? I know this is the unpopular thing is just take the best defensive player available and let the draft come to you. Nate Gary, Buffalo Bills Radio Network in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, the guy that's usually our ears and eyes at the NFL Scouting Combine every year because he's here, he's in Rochester, and he's there in Indianapolis, and we love 
getting caught up with 13 Wham Sports and BuffaloPlus.com's Mike Catalana, who will join us from Indianapolis this afternoon. Yeah, same deal where um, we weren't sure on the time, but if you're familiar with Mike, he usually comes on around 3.30 or so on Mondays when we can get him. So that'll be uh, intact, as uh, we know that McDermott is not talking here this hour. So we'll talk to Mike, kind of get a lay of the land there uh, in Indianapolis. It was good on, uh, you know, One Bill's Live today, too, hearing uh, Brownie and Maddie kind of go over everything. Today is really... Just everybody kind of arriving in town tomorrow. That's when things start to heat up a little bit. It does more. feel like we have some action though around the NFL in terms of free agency and and you know some of the talking is already going on. We've got a, a franchise tag that has been applied. I believe our first of the off season. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit here. And we have plenty of time for your phone calls as well. If you'd like to pull up a stool, the number is eight six six four F A N five eight five eight six six. Four three two six. Yeah, absolutely. As uh, we can talk about the NFL, and uh, not sure where you wanted to start here today, Danger. Um, but a lot of talk about Peter King today. <laughs> like, honestly, I think it's okay that uh, somebody can just say, you know what, I've I've had my time. I'm 66. Let me walk away. So, uh, like like many, I look forward to his columns on the Monday morning. And hey, here it was. And there's another 10,000 words on, uh, you know, what's happening here. 10,000 to- words. That's that's where you, you lose me. Well, I don't want to sound ignorant because I, I don't mind reading. I will read. Like I'm not just going to click. You know, or I'm not just going to read the headline. I want to, like, if it gets me, I want to read the article. Am I a bad football fan for not wanting to vote 10,000 words every week for Peter King's column? No, it's it's tough to read, you know, any column that much. And I think what a lot of people would do with Peter King is you're getting ready for work on a Monday. You're speed reading it. Okay, this is not of interest. Uh, this is, you, and you, you're good with a finger just kind of flipping through what you would. Yeah. Now, for me, I'd rather have five 2,000 word articles and, and maybe spread that out but the Monday morning de- demanded some of your time um, and, and Peter King is kind of he's a gentleman we've had him on the show before great. so he was great yeah he was absolutely fantastic when he was here uh, for training the, the the season the the training camp where Josh he snubbed Josh Allen for the handshake that that, that was last year yeah was that last year that no, was last year last year was when Josh Allen got him back Oh, gotcha. the year before was when we had him on, and I feel like he was talking to Josh Allen right before us or right after us, but it was right around that same time. And he was fantastic. He was he was gracious with his time. Um, he 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 never wanted to go. Um, he never really went to. What's the best way to say this? I don't want to say negative, but he just. He, it almost feels like a, the eternal optimist with every team. I, I, I don't know that I ever re- really got from King that he was ever going to be critical of a team or an organization, or at least he wasn't with the Bills when he was here. And maybe that's because at the time, there wasn't a lot to be critical of with the Buffalo Bills. Well, that's true. But I remember him the year we did get him on the show. I asked him a pointed question about 13 seconds. If we get to that point again, and about Sean McDermott. And just look on his face like, no, what are we talking about? Like Sean McDermott is like, no, he's the, which that's a fair answer. And he, Peter King knows more football than I do, but it was kind of interesting and telling to me that like, no, don't, don't put, don't team me up to say anything negative here. Yeah. Uh, when we have him on 2022 was uh, the offseason. Yes. So that was the, that was the Peter King interview that we did. And, and you know, the, the only thing I don't like about today's announcement, because I'm with you. I'm like, you're 66, man. You've been doing it for 40 years. You want to hang it up? Good on you. Hang it up. Great career. And you'll go down as one of the best to cover this sport of all time. I, I get irritated by the, the everybody falling over themselves to, oh, Peter King, you're the best. Oh, we'll never have another Peter King. Oh, this is like, everybody that's doing that is just hoping just please peter just validate me please mention me and you're going oh you didn't mention me you mentioned ben solak instead all right well fine you're still pretty good we love yeah. you we'll miss you I, the 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 overabundance of thirst over peter king and, and everybody wanting to acknowledge peter king and by the way he's great i'm not saying anything bad about peter king but everybody just lighting up to kiss the ring is a little thirsty well it's now with the, the part that's weird is if you're a reporter and now I'm going to turn the spotlight on me, and I'm the story. It's like, hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, That that's the part that, and then we're forced to kind of react. And then most people, human nature, you would say, 
like we are right now. Hey, great job. Great totally, career. Everything. Totally. Um, so Peter King hanging it up. Good for him. Uh, so I guess that means we won't be seeing him at training camp this year. He won't be at Pittsburgh Dairy this year. I'm not going to say there's a 0% chance. Right. And here's why. Because I've noticed with people in our business that retire that they get out and then all of a sudden, how do I fill this void? Oh, let me go do a podcast or whatever it is. I don't know I what you're it. talking about. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Does that happen? I uh, I think Brent Axe, our buddy from uh, Syracuse, said it best. When he was let go, and he was let go, <laughs> Jim Beheim basically got him fired. Yeah, the story was he's sitting at home on a Sunday, and the station owner, this isn't corporately owned, it's Syracuse local radio, and the guy calls him up, he's like, yeah, we're letting you go. What? Uh, he's golfing buddies with Jim Bay. Yeah, so he, like oh, you're, you're being too, too negative. Yeah, you're 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 being too negative on the orange. Oh. What Axe, the way Axe described it, months after being let go, the thing that he missed, aside from what we, you would assume everybody would miss, you know, I'm sure Peter King misses knowing that he's got X amount of people reading his work on a weekly basis. It's the juice. He called it the juice. I miss the juice. You and I feel it every day because. We're here for three hours, and we get to do this, this thing that we love, talking sports with with you here in our hometown, in, in the Flower City. It's something we don't take for granted. And if it was, was ripped away from us, I think we would miss the juice. I think if you're Peter King, and this is how you're identified as, that come this summer, when things start to get going and training camps start to open, and you're accustomed to going to Pittsburgh Dairy every year, that you might miss Hitting the road and covering training camps. Is that any different, though, than an athlete that that is walking away? Because you hear about athletes of any sport that have the trouble and transitioning. I don't think you have to put it on athletes. I don't think you have to put it on writers. I don't think you have to put it on media. I think you have to put it on anybody who is regimented. Anybody who is accustomed to a routine. Because once that... I'm going to go a place that I know you don't know what I'm talking about because you've never watched Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> but one of the main characters in Shawshank, Red, has been institutionalized for the majority of his life. So I hear. And when he's out, he doesn't know how to adjust. And he can't adjust. He's trying to adjust, but little things like asking his boss if he can use the bathroom make it appear that he is completely out of touch with reality and he has a choice to make, get busy living or get busy dying. And he decides to get busy living and what he does is he goes, I'm spoiling the whole movie for ah, you. Okay. He, he, he gets busy living is essentially. Is it. that when he crawls through the sewer or whatever it is? Different, different character. Okay. Different character. Oh. But I think if you are, I don't want to use the word institutionalized. We're in our careers. Everybody's in their career. And if you're in your career and you're regimented and you're routine and you have a way of going about your business day in and day out, if you're Peter King, if you're Gene Battaglia, if you're Brent Axe, if you're Mike Danger, it doesn't matter. If that goes away, if you're a professional athlete, you have to find the thing now that's going to give you that purpose. Get busy living or get busy dying. Well, King also points out, too, that he we're approaching the offseason. And sure, there's storylines this week. But in the NFL, he, he talked about how it was actually kind of a chore once you get to May and June, and you're still responsible for 10,000 words when really, let's be honest, what's really happening out there? So, Well, there was another thing that he said that was interesting as well, just about the NFL and how it's being covered. He called it Pravda. Now, what is Pravda? That was the daily newspaper out in the Soviet Union. Oh. <laughs> you know, like, okay, yes, everything is fine here. You know, it's like it's state-run radio. You will love propaganda. Yes, you will yeah. love the NFL. You will. Yeah, well, and with NFL media, and by NFL media, I'm talking about their website. I'm talking about uh, you know, network. network, like your Rich Eisen's, everybody else. Hey, where where do you find that kind of critical journalism? I mean, it's only going to get bigger. And believe me, like Danger and I, <clears throat> if you're coming to our show. It's not that we get licensed, okay? We're going to say exactly what we think is going on with the Buffalo Bills. And you know who calls us? No one. Because we're a little out of the blast zone. If we were on the air in Buffalo, let's just say, you're getting a call if we're critical about McDermott. Oh, my God. 
or you're getting pulled aside. And maybe we, as we get more streamers or whoever in Buffalo listening to our show or watching online, that we'll get pulled aside where, hey, if we want access here, then, uh, you know, you really can't be saying. They, so, they will hold your credential over your head if you're overly critical. We've seen this. Yeah, see Tyler Dunn. Right. And so, and, and you know, Ty Dunn put out the piece on Sean McDermott this year, and everybody was quick to point out that Ty Dunn has an axe to grind. Yeah, he has an axe to grind, but he's not, doesn't mean he's wrong. <laughs> doesn't mean that he's, he's, his criticisms aren't valid. He's just pointing out the truth. That this is the way it is. This is what he's heard. These are what his sources are saying. That's critical or is that fact? You can't put that out there because it's critical. So when King brings that up, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. Like hard for me to ever find King being ever overly critical of any one given situation because you're Peter King and that access that you have, that unprecedented access that you have to every NFL team because of your tenure, your longevity, you can't risk that. You can't put that in jeopardy by coming on a show like ours and saying, you know, 13 seconds was a complete farce. Sean McDermott needs to be held accountable. He's in trouble for n- none of that. You're right. So where Peter King says Pravda is. Uh, it's, it's him recognizing, yeah. you know, basically what's kept him employed with this unprecedented access for all these years. It's this idea that, hey, you can write what you want, just don't write anything that's going to be negative. <laughs> you write what's happening in the league. You know, you, there are plenty of facts and there's a lot of data out there to support what you might want to say. But if you're overly critical and it goes beyond just the data, the stuff that we can't dispute, then you might be in trouble. You might find yourself in a little bit of trouble. When Tyler Dunn wrote a piece right after 13 seconds, the Bills took note of it, and Tyler Dunn doesn't have a Bills credential anymore. Fair or not, that's just the world that we live in. They can control that. That is NFL media. That is not exclusive to Buffalo. That mm-hmm. is every team, if they choose to run that way, can run that way. Peter King knows it, and he referenced it in his goodbye piece today. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but there are, I want to point out too, there are a lot of good reporters and, uh, we'll get to Tim Grant. I, I was up just going to segue yeah. to that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like for, for, for as much as we're saying, like there are reporters who will still ask tough questions, might not get the answer that they want, might not, might not get an answer at all. I mean, Sean McDermott has become the master of saying a lot without saying anything, without telling you anything. Well, I say on the show that the Kansas City Chiefs are the new New England, meaning, okay, that's the team that we can't figure out how to get by. And the new Bill Belichick is actually Sean McDermott, where he's not going to give you much. Or if he gives you anything, it's is it is it believable? And we have some fun with the McDermott, McLeys, and everything else. But I, I just see Sean McDermott over time becoming more guarded. And maybe this is where we're at. And I read the Tim Graham piece and saying that, you know, we'll get one. Is that not a matter of if, but when? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to be a head coach, you have to have that arrogance, right? You have to have that belief justified or not that you're going to win it all. You have to attack each day thinking this is getting us closer. This is part of this process. That's going to get us closer to where, where we want to be. So in that regard, I guess that's exactly the way you want to answer that question, even if we're all over here kind of going, yeah, okay, coach, yeah. We, we've seen enough. We kind of know. But, hey, you have to have that belief. If you don't have that belief, you are wasting your time. Mm-hmm. So I can appreciate that he said it, but he didn't really give us anything else. And is he going to give us anything when he speaks today at the Combine? Probably no. not. You know, we'll, we'll probably learn the things that have already been reported from the competition committee. We're here from the competition committee that they want to ban the hip drop tackle. And McDermott's now part of the competition committee. What's that all about? I'm sure we'll hear plenty of that today well, when he speaks. Listen, I, the, the one thing I think everybody wants to know is, hey, are you calling the plays? Is Babbage calling the plays? Is there going to be some sort of timeline to hand off the baton? And I, I can almost predict the exact quote. It would be, well, we'll see how it goes. He's not going to give you that. Right. I'd be, I'd be pleasantly surprised if he said, you know what? Bobby has earned it. He's our new play caller. Uh, before we get to Mike Catalana checking in from Indianapolis and the uh, NFL scouting combine, 
You're always welcome to engage with us on Twitter. That's Elon's Twitter, X, <laughs> at the fan Rochester. I, I mean, you guys... No, I I tried, Gino. I tried. I said it. I didn't want to say anything. I was going to just kind of keep going. But I, I said a magical word. And because I said the magical word, the regulars want justice. They want what's what's expected. I can't let them down. You got it, Juice. When Chris and I broke up, the Juice was there for me every night. It's like he's not really the Juice anymore. We got to get you dressed, Juice. Juice, Juice, a will? Juice, Juice, Juice. Come on, Juice. Juice! Juice! Juices, it's AC. Juice! AC's here! Juice? I heard juice, it's on every channel. You know I feel the same, Juice. You're gonna tell them yourself, Juice. Juice? Juice? Your whole family's here, Juice. She's on the house phone waiting to talk to you, Juice. Juice. Okay, Juice? Okay, Juice, we're good to go. You're home, Juice. You know Uncle Juice, and your Uncle Juice is a good man. Your Uncle Juice is a good man. He's never gonna stop being the Juice. It could explain a lot, Juice. Just hear him out, Juice. He's right, Juice. Listen, Juice. Juice, Juice, this is your life. Juice, Juice, please, Juice. Juice, we need an answer. I really don't need a reason to play every instance of David Schwimmer as Robert Kardashian saying the word juice in the people versus OJ Simpson. But you guys pushed me to this. You've, you've pushed me to this. You realize he doesn't do anything anymore other than he was in that commercial in the Super Bowl. Like he's the voice of Melman in Madagascar. He's known for like what being Ross and then sounding like Ross and the people versus OJ. And then the voice of Melman. Well, that's what Peter King is going to miss. He's going to miss juice. the juice. The juice. Yeah. That's, that line was absent from the people versus OJ Simpson. But you gave me the reason. I said the word every instance right there. So for anybody that was uh, watching online at the beginning today, I apologize. Chris writing in, hey, how about calling it the High Falls Witch Project? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that a, was, uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. And right now it's a really bad camera. Angle, not so. a steady cam, yeah. but uh, we'll get it fixed here. We'll take a break and come back with 13 Web Sports Director and BuffaloPlus.com's Mike Catalana joining us from Indianapolis on the fan. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. <laughs> On 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Fan Rochester Sports Update. It is NFL Combine Week. Sean McDermott is to address reporters at some point in the 4 o'clock hour today. We'll be talking to the guy who is out there, 13 Wham and Buffalo Plus's Mike Catalana, joining us live from Indianapolis coming up next year on the Sports Bar. Some Sabres news today. They're coming off their win last night over Carolina. A new video board. Coming next season with more here is executive Rob Minter. Uh, and what a difference it's going to make to the fan experience. It's going to be you know state-of-the-art and modernized. And we worked with Mitsubishi and really vetted the options out the past couple of months. And the different sizes and angles and options. And there's so many different avenues to go down. And then look forward to putting it in place for next year and, and taking that step towards improving the fan experience, which was which was certainly due. Sabres will also be doing some repairs to the roof. They're in Florida tomorrow night. By the way, the Amherst back home Wednesday night against Syracuse. Gene Tackling the sports leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. Straight up with no chaser. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the sports leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. He's our ears and eyes at the NFL Scouting Combine. At least for today, Mike Catalan of 13 Wham Sports. BuffaloPlus.com. Exciting time of year. It's going to feel like football season with all of the prospects and, and potential draft uh, draftees joining uh, you and, and all the executives there in, in Indianapolis. Mike, what are you most looking forward to learning this week? Well, look, we start with talking to Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. So you guys mentioned it's Sean in a little bit. And then Brandon Bean. And look, let's start with, I mean, what do we want to hear from Sean? I want to know if he's calling the plays on defense and 
I don't know what he's going to say. He may say it's still to be determined. You don't know the way they're thinking, but we're going to ask him. And then how are you going to deal with the veterans on this team, right? You Micah Hyde's contract's up. Jordan Poyer's in the final year. We don't know about Trey White's health. All those things, at least where they are, because while this event is centered around the draft and all the prospects, the reality is free agency comes first. And everybody in this league knows it. And I think the misconception of this place is that there aren't deals going on now, or at least the talk about deals or teams trying to find out who's available and what the cost will be. So all that goes on here at the NFL Combine. And uh, we'll hear from McDermott and Bean before we talk to the college player. Yeah, I mean, Mike, and I feel like we ask this question every year, but like the Combine, other than the medicals, I mean, what else? Like, if you're actually just scouting, I mean, nobody's going to, hey, make some, like, grand discovery about any one of these players, right? You're looking at the tape first and foremost. So, like, the combine from where it was to where it is today, how much has it evolved? Yeah, I don't think anything has really changed. I think the whole workout thing was always overblown with most teams. I think when they get them in a room and get a chance to talk to the players for the first time, that makes a big difference in the coaches' minds, certainly the position coaches. A lot of times the general manager, depending on how high up you're picking, you know, who they're, who they're talking to. So I think the teams look at it as the first of a series of connections with a player. Uh, they want to know who these guys are. Again, 40-yard dash time, all that, how many times you lift 700 pounds, you know, all those things come into play in some point. And there are specific drills that teams want to see. Uh, we, you know, the focus is on the 40-yard dash. But there are things they like to see to get to know a player physically a little bit differently. But you're right. The medicals and then the interviews with the players, I think, are the biggest things. So what justification would you give if you were an NFL head coach? And there are several who would say, you know what, scouting combine, not for me. I'm not attending. Yeah, I don't think it's as much for the coach as it is for the general manager. And, and look. I said that is like, I think you'll even hear this from Sean McDermott. He is involved in this. He looks at players. I think when it gets to a certain point, I don't believe Sean McDermott is breaking down uh, every corner in the draft or every defensive tackle. I think they get it to a point, maybe say, hey, take a look at some of this guy. But Sean McDermott's role is different than Brandon Bean's role. I'm not saying he's out of it. I'm saying is it is different. And this is not the only time. Like, look, for example, when the Bills drafted Josh Allen. My God, they, the whole team flew out to – the whole team of management flew out to Wyoming to talk to them. Like, they will get their opportunities. Players come in for visits. They go to pro days, all those things. Uh, I think it's a little odd when a coach isn't there. I saw, like, I think it was Mike McCarthy and some other coaches who decided to not go. And, and it's funny. I don't even know how long Sean stays at the Combine. Uh, I think it's – I think this is the time – for the general managers, the scouts, and even the position coaches, maybe to dig into a little deeper on some of these players. So, Mike, uh, tomorrow, Brandon Bean, and um, I, I don't know if you are like fates where the cap isn't real or how real it is, but uh, the Bills have some decisions to make here. Um, do you think these are going to be painful decisions, or are we going to go down the road of, okay, let's just kind of renegotiate Allen, and, and here's our left tackle Dawkins, let's redo that, let's redo somebody else, and voila, the problem is fixed. How much pain do you think is going to be involved in that? Yeah, I don't think it's a lot of pain. I never do. I don't think teams ever cut players because of the cap. If they want to keep a player, they keep a player. By the time you redo Allen's contract plus the gift the NFL just gave every team with $30 million more on the cap to spend, gets them down close to even. <laughs> this is the way it works in this league. And everybody makes an example of the Saints. You know why the Saints are bad? Because they have bad players. They're redoing the contract of a quarterback who's just not good enough. I mean, bad teams do dumb things. Now, they had their opportunity for a while when they had Drew Brees and Sean Payton. It's just they're just kicking it down the road, but not for good players. If the Bills are redoing the deal of Josh Allen and Deion Dawkins, say, and uh, Matt Milano, okay, <laughs> those are high-quality, all-pro-level players. And I just think, when, I, when we say it's not real, what you talk about is when you sign a deal and you make a commitment to a player, that's where you can get into trouble with the cap when you think you need to get out of it. And, and Diggs is always that example, right? And to me, it's, I don't believe it's even a consideration to do anything with them. And could they? Sure, you could do almost anything, but 
I think when you look at a contract that they signed with him and put out there, it does tie you up under that contract. When you get into trouble is when you commit to a player and that player, for whatever reason, doesn't hold up his end of the bargain or is not playing at the level you need. Von Miller, maybe, however you think about Diggs. And those are the two hardest ones, I would say, for them to move off of if they had any idea to move. You mentioned bad teams, bad players, make dumb decisions. The, the, yeah. the big news today, at least, to, to kind of get the the offseason started, the Bengals are going to franchise tag T. Higgins. It doesn't mean that he's going to play next year on the franchise tag for Cincinnati. They could still work out a long-term deal. But we always right. look at teams that apply the franchise tag as somewhat hostile towards the players, and that might hurt the Cincinnati. We forget, like, the Bengals, although they're more relevant in, in recent years, have always been a little bit dysfunctional. There's no chance that the Bills want to go explore that franchise tag route with, with any of the, the pending free agents, do they? No, you know, you don't really see that where anybody goes after one of the players on the tag. I mean, I guess it could happen. Uh, I think that's a rarity. I think these things tend to take care of themselves. And maybe if you're the Bengals, you're going to franchise him. Look, (laughs) to me, when the NFL players gave in on that franchise tag, I think they thought at the time, oh, this is just for the top few players in the league. It's not the way it works. That tag impacts free agency for top players and that trickles down to lower level players it just does and basically you think about what what that tag can do for a team and how they can use it and other in other sports t higgins be a free agent go ahead go see what's out there he can't do that i don't think that's where the bills are going to go um and you never know how this plays out it's it's quite a dynamic when you've got two receivers like they have with chase and higgins and how you pay them and what you decide to do but, um, yeah, I think, it's, I think there's a few teams that are going to have interesting decisions on what they do with the tax. But I think you're right. When they use it, it just feels like it's inevitable that something negative is going to happen because it seems to be that way. On occasion, it works out. Player gets a longer-term deal, so be it. But uh, I don't see the Bills – I really don't see any team doing that to give up the picks to go get a player – who's under the franchise tag. Buffalo Plus 13 Wham Sports Director Mike Catalana joining us from Indianapolis where, yeah, we're going to learn about uh, these prospects too a little bit more, Mike, and I'm sure you'll be there uh, you know, quizzing these wide receivers and let's focus on the yeah. wide receivers. Pick 28. Um, is that, can you let the draft fall to you, do you think? What are the odds that the Bills can get that future number one, say, replacement for Stephon Diggs at 28? Or do you think that it's kind of a necessity that, and we've seen Brandon Bean do this all every year but one, actually move up to get the guy he wants? Yeah, look, I, I think he's talked about this a lot, where you don't have 28 first-round grades on guys. That's when he would decide to make a move up. Um, I also think, and I know fans don't want to hear this, but they could zag when people think they're going to zig, right? They could go defensive tackle, and I know people probably wouldn't be happy, but there is a glaring need for that, and then go wide receiver in the second round. But I think if, they, again, there's like and love, right? If there's a player they love, if there's a player they're seeing there, And to me, when I saw guys like Addison last year, I I saw players that if they had an opportunity to jump ahead, maybe they could have done it. Now, look, they ended up getting Kincaid, who's going to be a really good player for them, but they're still looking for that dynamic wide receiver. I I would say very real possibility if there's a player there and within a reasonable amount to move up. I mean, look, they're not moving up to get Marvin Harrison, okay? Yeah. Uh, Bill's history in uh, trading up to get top 10 wide receivers, a.k.a. Sammy Watkins, is not good. I know that has nothing to do with this year. By the way, one other quick thing. You look at the history of top 10 drafted wide receivers, it's not great. It's really not great. Look at the guys around the league. Very rarely are they top 10 drafted. So um, there's going to be players there. It's a matter of like or love. I will say this. I think there's going to be a quality player available at wide receiver for them at 28. The question is, do they have him at a high enough grade to make that move or to get a similar player in their, on their board in the second round? And it's more than just the prospects, right? I mean, like if you're Brandon Bean, you could be there in Indianapolis talking with representation of some of your outgoing free agents 
And with yep. that in mind, Mike, who do you think, if any of these outgoing guys, could the Bills bring back on some sort of a sweetheart deal? Because there are still holes to fill. There are like I look at a guy like David Edwards, and I'm like, that guy's a quiet assassin for this team. They probably want to keep him if they can. Or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of I don't think that AJ Epinesa is going to fit that bill, but maybe he does. Are there guys like that? that are on the way out as free agents that the Bills could kind of work to, to secure as they build this roster for 2024? Yeah, it's a really good question, and I think the way you phrased it is good because with some players, like Epines is an interesting one because you don't know what they're saying to him. Like, I believe, I, I believe they've told Gabe Davis that, to, get, to go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't see Gabe coming back. I think he'll get offered. When he gets offered, I think they know they need a change there. It's not that he's not a good player. It's not that it couldn't work out for him somewhere else. He's not a $14 million a year wide receiver in the eyes of the Buffalo Bills. Certainly not. Right. I mean, with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs on the other side, that's a pretty good place to make it work. And it hasn't happened. So maybe somewhere else it does. But with other players, and AJ's an interesting one, because you guys know he really did show some flashes. And when you're talking about bringing a player back on a maybe team-friendly deal or at least something you could make work. Maybe they let him go out there and look. Maybe they say, go ahead, let's see what's out there. And then he still has one ear back with the Bills, and they come up with some kind of deal. But it's not just the free agents. Like, they have those decisions to make with agents. Look at Jordan Poyer. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Maybe, again, we need to know what they really believe about Poyer at safety for another year, especially if Micah Hyde is not going to come back. Do they then say we want him around for a few? Do they extend the deal? Do they add some dummy years to a contract and spread it out? I mean, there is a lot of those decisions. And, of course, Trey White, too. So all that plays into it. And, listen, when you look down that list of free agents, current free agents on the team, yeah, there are guys you would want back. But, honestly, there's also players under contract that they're going to make. Deontay Hardy is a good example. Like, seriously, I mean, I saw people saying, well, they only have so many wide receivers on the roster. Okay, what did Hardy get you in the wide receiver room last year? He did make one of the biggest plays of the season, but you're talking about with a whole offseason to try to find players that contribute more. So I know we talk about the guys who are actually free, but some of those other guys might be free too. Yeah, and Mike, it's a third of the game, they say, special teams. Um Look, it wasn't a great year for special teams. And I look at some of that core. Can we expect maybe, certainly not at the top of the draft, but your sixth, your seventh rounders, linebackers, some guys that can play gunner. Like, can we expect a special teams makeover in Buffalo this year? Okay. So, you know, I, we say that uh, Carolina Cap's not real, <laughs> which is true. Uh, it's, you know, it's sort of real. Uh, special teams are not one third of the game. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. I think it was. I don't believe it is anymore, and I'm tired of this roster being filled with guys who can only play special teams. Saran Neal, Tyler Matakevich, I want linebackers on this team that can play if they need to play. I want safeties who can, or corners, however you want to determine them, a guy who can play that big nickel. I don't want a guy that you try and try and he can't go on the field. I, I, I think the days of having five guys on your roster that basically are six, if you count the kickers, six, seven, that are special teams guys should be done. I I just don't see it anymore. And to your point, with those guys on the roster, they were not very good this year on special teams. So, like I said, I want to see, like a Dorian Williams to me, is the kind of guy you want. I think that guy is going to evolve into a linebacker for this team. But right now, with his speed and athletic ability, he should be pretty damn good on special teams for you but eventually he can play defense. So those are the kind of guys, even Cam Lewis, guys like Cam Lewis, who can play teams, but you know you can put him on the field. Um, I don't, I'm tired of the special teams only guys. I, I don't know. We'll hear what Brandon says. They always say this, but honestly, I don't think it plays out that well. 
Mike, uh, we, we talked about outgoing free agents. There's certainly prospects yeah. there in Indianapolis. I'm curious about free agent wide receivers because, uh, you know, we know Brandon Bean has said that they don't have the kind of money to, to be uh, going out and, and big game hunting. But, you know, there are some intriguing names when you look around the league and see some of the, the free agents that are out there. What kind of uh, scale do you put that at? Where do you think, like, what receiver type do you think the Bills could bring in through free agency are we talking like a, a dj shark or is that is that even too rich for brandon bean's blood I, look i think if it's the right guy they're not going to be afraid to make that move because let's also be honest if you are signing a player i i, I think you know like ideally when you want mike evans as a player forget the contract forget the age the guy has you know a thousand yards every year no matter who's his quarterback right but they're not going to do that he's going to make still going to make too much money uh, a lot of times teams will look for a player on that second deal that just hasn't gotten the opportunity. But let's also look at it this way. I said that about Diggs. Well, I don't know what that means for next year with Diggs. So if you have a young wide receiver, an evolving player, a guy who has gotten less snaps maybe, or for some reason has not gotten the opportunity, you know, Calvin Ridley is a talented guy, but the second half of last year, I don't know what was going on with him. Plus, he's had the issue off the field with the gambling. Uh, you, so you don't know what they want to do. But honestly, you can't guarantee you're going to get a wide receiver, even as deep as this draft is, that is going to step right in and do it for you. Last year, they went for a Trent Sherfield. If we use Trent as an example, I would say you better get a guy at a higher quality wide receiver than Trent Sherfield to help fill out this roster. Because you may need that player starting certainly early in the year or at least playing a lot of snaps before whatever rookie or two you bring in starts to get their opportunity on the field. For one reason or another, Mike, the name that jumps out when I look at this list, because I think he checks a lot of what we're talking about here in terms of his, he's a young guy, he hasn't gotten on yep. the field a lot because the guy's in front of him, and he's a guy that you might be familiar with. What about Quez Watkins? Oh, no. No, 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 Stay no, away. no, 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 no. Mm, Tell me that. why. Can't catch the ball. Okay, that. good. He had, if you look at the Super Bowl, he makes that play, they might win that game. And Quez Watkins has had plenty of opportunities. Uh, I mean, a perfect Quez Watkins play was one, I believe it was against Washington a year ago. He somehow gets open. He somehow holds on to the ball, slips and falls, gets up and fumbles it. I mean, <laughs> honestly, that guy's speed is like you'd see him run and you go, this guy, and look at it. He had A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith around him and, and Dallas Goddard, and he still couldn't make plays. Uh, yeah, you bring him in, uh, okay. But honestly, he is a – I think he's been an absolute failure in that third receiver for the Eagles. So he's got speed. I will say that. He's fast. Uh, and then <laughs> that whole catching the ball thing is, uh, has been the issue. Well, that's important, I suppose. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that for, for us. <laughs> no, but, I, but, but it's funny you say that. I think Gabe Davis would fit great with the Eagles as a third wide receiver. I think he's going with to New England. Two guys on the outside? Oh, yeah. New England, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it feels like we should just brace for that. Jets, New England, Kansas City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> since you brought up Kansas City, what are your thoughts on the punt yeah. god? Yeah, you know, for the guy himself, we only got to talk to him a few times. I'm happy that he's gotten his opportunity. He's totally in the clear. There's no charges. The lawsuit was dropped, all those things. I would say to Bills fans, I understand the frustration, but in that moment, it was very different than the way it played out. And I think they were in a difficult spot at the time. Can he be a very good punter in the NFL? He certainly has the leg, and the question was, could he, do, could, he, could he be impactful in other ways for a punter? You know, to be able to drop the ball in tight, to be able to, to not allow for returns, all those things, to be consistent. He certainly has the ability. He's got the leg. So um, I'm happy for the guy that after all that has happened with him, he's gotten his chance, but I don't think there was ever a chance he was going to come back with the Bills, nor do I think he wanted that. Yeah, and, and I would say this too, Mike, that Kansas City visiting Buffalo, what's the resco- response going to be? You know what? If you see Matt Arise on the field for the Chiefs, that means the Bills got to stop against Patrick yeah. Mahomes. 
It does happen every once in a while, right? Yeah, I don't, honestly, I, I don't see any reason for anybody to matterize it. I'm sure there'd be people cheering for him because they wish he would have been still with the Bills two years ago. But, yeah, I would say when they play the Bills, when they play the Chiefs, on my list of players Bills fans need to worry about, you're right. You want to see the punter out there only except when he's holding for extra points and field goals. Uh, Mike, before we let you go, and uh, I know you're getting ready to, to hear Sean McDermott here in, in a couple yeah. few, uh, I just wanted to update you. Gene has vowed this year to be uh, a, a more um, balanced, no, no, the, ba- more, more balanced Mets fan. So I'm nervous that we are not getting enough Mets coverage out to our Mets fans listeners and that Gene, you know, being more balanced and measured with his Mets uh, news and updates. Are you hearing anything out of... Out of spring training no, for the New York no, Mets. No, no, no. You're trying to bait me, danger. I'm not. I'm asking yes, you Mike are. a question. You're baiting danger. I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking Kodai to our guest. Senga is hurt. I'm talking so, to our guest. Yeah. Okay. What look. I've heard uh, what I've heard about the Mets is they are the under-the-radar team this year. And I think they are a lock for the NL East. And they should be planning the parade right now in the city. Because they are going to stun the baseball world this year. That's what I've heard. You hear that? You know, I mean, I mean, what's the opportunity? What's the chances that they let their fans down? Never I mean, happens, right? And Gene, don't take this away from us, Gene. He's a delusional, crazy Mets fan that just serves up a big heaping platter of disappointment for yourself and excitement and enjoyment for fans of the Phillies, the Braves. Anybody, Yankees, whoever, just name them all. We love it. Don't take that away from us. No, and the, the Marlins are going to be listening. better. They've got uh, Tim Anderson. Urari Perez might be the rookie of the year. I mean, there are other teams in this division, Mike, and I just recognize my pattern of behavior as a Mets fan might be unbecoming. So I'm sorry to disappoint oh, no. you and danger and everybody else here. It's your pattern of behavior is spectacular. <laughs> we love it. It is probably in a, in a world of sports that is so hard to predict the Mets elevating their fans to their, you know, childish ways. And then being so disappointed, like a little kid not getting his ice cream is, is, is the joy that I get. It's the joy that I get. I mean, it's great when the Phillies win you know, and advance in the playoffs, which is what happens after the regular season. But it's your, the moment you realize how bad they are is when we all just take it in. And last year was a disappointment because you guys bailed on the season so fast. This year, hang in there. I'm rooting for you early in the year. I need some Mets wins just to set up the, Eventual. I'm telling you, with the, the Mets downfall. are ten games above 500 in April, you, you're not going to see me flying high. I'm, I'm just telling you, Mike. I'm, I'm a new man. I'm a new fan. Oh no, they're going to be great this year. Yeah. I can't wait to see them. This is bad for the sports bar. Fun. We need Gene excited about enthusiastic. Oh, about he the will Mets. be. Yeah. He says this. The minute they win three out of four in some series with the Marlins, <laughs> he's going to be like, "Hey, Danger! I'm only telling you." This team's got something going. Maybe it's a lack of expectations. I don't know. Uh, we haven't heard anything about them practicing their uh, celebrations, the their World Series World celebrations Series to, yeah, at spring no, training. I have not heard that. So that's that. a step in the right direction, Mike. Uh, well, hey, look, and there's no World uh, Baseball Classic this year for players to get hurt. So that'll just happen mm. to ha- have to happen in spring training. So. Mm. It's already starting to happen. Uh, Mike, yes. the, the work that you guys are, are doing there in Indianapolis, tell us a little bit about what we can check out here this week, what we can expect at buffaloplus.com. Well, we'll have plenty of coverage each night uh, this week from our YouTube channel, so you can check out. Uh, you'll hear from Brandon Bean. You'll hear from Sean McDermott. We're also going to talk to people around the league, people who cover the Jets, people who cover the Patriots, people who cover the Dolphins for the division, people who cover the league. Everybody in the league is here. It's kind of funny. You guys maybe heard the vacuum cleaners. Like, Sean is doing this news conference before everybody else because he's on the competition committee and Mm -hmm. they have meetings these different days. So he said he was going to do his on Monday. They're literally still vacuuming the rooms and getting them set up, which is kind of funny. It was usually scheduled. The rest of the coaches and GMs are talking tomorrow, at least the ones who are here. So, um, So we'll be doing that each night on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel. 
and also, you know, on 13 Ram and Fox Rochester. Well, Mike, uh, good luck out in Indianapolis uh, digging out some stories. Really appreciate you carving out a few minutes for us here today. Anytime. Anytime. Let's go, Mets. <laughs> Mike had a lot of 13 web sports at buffaloplus.com. I did nothing you of the sort. I did so. nothing of the sort. I was just relaying facts. Now, if you're new to this show, I recognize that in years past, like in July or August, then I just start running my mouth about the Mets. And this year, I'm not going to run my mouth. And I know that's not great radio if I'm not running my mouth. You, you hung up on Dan Fates, Fates at 13 Man Sports. Called Mike Catalan a Mr. Mouth. You've, you've, you've insulted some of our guests over your fandom. It's gotten personal. I, I, I enjoy this new version of Gene Battaglia. It might not be good for the, the show. It might not be good for the sports bar, but it's okay. I, but I will also pick up the pieces and make sure that our fans, our sports bar listeners, our regulars who are Mets fans are getting all the Mets news they need when they're listening to us. Oh, like Kodai Senga going down with an it's important injury. important to share. Yeah. Important to share. So we're going to continue to do that. We're just going to share. Uh, we'll get to Nate Geary, the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, uh, WGR. He'll be joining us here at 425. We have some takes on tap next in the sports bar. Yeah, so uh, I've got some more thoughts here on Peter King, who steps aside today. And from The Athletic Today, Tim Graham writing about Sean McDermott. And there is, and Graham lays it out this way. It's like, oh, boy, there's been a lot that's kind of happened here in the last two years. We don't have any answers for you mean we we shouldn't trust the people that are sharing the messages with us from within the buffalo bills organization draw your own conclusion Mm. um there's a a video clip that's gone viral that i want absolutely no part of but i'll give you an alternative uh instead and also we haven't talked about this yet but we we did discuss this a couple of weeks ago when caitlin clark got trucked uh, after uh, yes. one of her game, we got to talk about storming the court. I mean, we just saw this with Syracuse against North Carolina uh, a couple of weeks ago, and now you've got an injury that's got a lot of people's attention. And I'm wondering where this is all going. And I might need some different perspective because the closest I can come to relating to this is storming the court in high school because the girls' basketball team made it to the Minnesota State final. Not quite the same thing no. as what we saw this week in Awake Forest. We'll get into that and more next with some takes on tap. I'll drink to that is on the way. Your call's welcome always at 866-4326-585 866-4FAN You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia <laughs> On 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero. Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.